Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for September 13th, 2018. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Writers, Wytran Bowie. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello. Chris, it's great to have you back. Uh, you've been gone for a while in Toronto. I know we heard from you on Slash Film Daily while you were uh, still up in uh, Canada, but uh, you didn't get to see anything since then, right? Because you were about to leave. Uh, no, I, I saw like one or two or maybe three more things after I did that episode. So, yes. What, was there anything good out of those three movies? <sighs> I mean, no, there, there was, by the way, I, was, I want to preface this because like that reaction, uh, a lot of people don't understand when you go to a film festival, you see like a couple dozen movies. Like, there's a lot of movies and it starts to blur together. So I'm sure that reaction is a combination of you not being able to recall what those last three movies were and it being not memorable, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's a, it's a blur. I saw 15 movies uh, in, like, five days, which, you know, I, I know it sounds like it's not a big deal. Like, oh, watching movies, that can't be hard. But trust me, if you're... If you're doing like four or five movie days, it gets exhausting. There was like there was one day I watched five movies back to back without any time to break, and you know by the end of the day you're you're ready to crawl into a crypt. So uh, you know I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I love doing <laughs> it. I love I love going to TIFF. I I love watching movies, but it is a lot of hard work. Believe it or not. Oh, for sure. I, I, there's been sometimes I've been at like Sundance or Toronto, and I've been like writing up a movie, writing up a review of a movie, and I like actually had to turn to someone that was with me and be like, "Wait, was did this happen in this movie, or was that?" Because uh, especially at Sundance, probably not not as much at Toronto, but a lot of like there's a lot of the same kind of storylines, and it seems like every year there seems to be like the same kind of like. Uh, I, I remember one year, like there was like five movies about people having to return home to their childhood home because one of their 
uh, you know, either their mom or dad is dying, and them classic indie story. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So it, it, you it, like seeing five movies in a day. You you kind of have to sort it out a bit. <laughs> um, but let's. Uh, so so out of those three movies you've seen since uh, you recorded, do you, was there anything good? No. There was nothing I would say that really blew me away. So yeah, I'm I, well, actually I saw Hold the Dark after that, which was very good. My review went up on SlashFilm.com last night. So out of everything I saw after recording that episode, that's probably the best film. Uh, Jeremy Saulnier's Hold the Dark, which will be on Netflix eventually. Cool, with no promotion probably. Uh, but we will link your review in the show notes in case uh, people want to read about that. Uh, let's start off today. Uh, yesterday we were talking all about uh, you know, this news that Henry Cavill uh, might be out as Superman in the Warner Brothers uh, DCEU. Uh, you know, there was conflicting reports going back and forth. Uh, it seems like it's just a Superman movie is not happening for the foreseeable future and especially not with Henry. Uh, but Henry posted this cryptic Instagram post. HT, you wrote this up for the site. Uh, c- can you describe this Instagram post? Because it's it's weird. It is very strange. So shortly after the reports yesterday surfaced that Cavill was out as Superman, he posted a video of himself in a T-shirt that had the words Krypton Lifting Team on the chest. And he was staring intensely at the camera while slowly raising and lowering a Superman action figure. This being a Superman action figure uh, based on his own character in Man of Steel and Justice League. Um, and this was all choreographed to the tune of Johann Strauss's second, The Blue Danube Waltz, uh, which was punctuated by the sounds of dogs barking. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a very strange video overall. Um, and the caption said, Today was exciting with the hashtag Superman. So I don't know what to make of this video. Uh, what, what do you guys make of it? <laughs> what could that song choice even mean? Or do you think that was just like playing in his gym or wherever he recorded this video? Like, do you think there's like any like subtle meaning behind any of this? Like, I don't even understand him raising this action figure into frame and then lowering it. What that means. So for dogs... I'm going to put my conspiracy hat on. Maybe it's a reference to the classic uh, song, Who Let the Dogs Out? <laughs> and, and is, which in turn is a reference to information spilling. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Chris, do you have he, any? I think he's just trolling. Chris, do you have any theories? Like, I, I don't know. Why is he? What did he call it? Exciting news or? I think he said it, yeah. it was an exciting day. Exciting or something. day. Today yeah. was exciting. I don't. I, I don't know. This whole thing sounds very strange. I mean, uh, I, I I fully believe that he was out, but the fact that he posted that Instagram thing, I don't know what to make of it. A part of me wonders if this is all part of some like big elaborate like contract negotiation where his agents are trying to get him even more money and they're making a big thing about how he's leaving, even though he's not really leaving, but uh, I don't really know. I have no idea what's going on. And I don't think Warner brothers does either. <laughs> I, I think that's probably a good assessment. I don't know. I just feel like this video, I almost want to go, you know, old school lost and try to like analyze it frame by frame. There must be some kind of hidden meaning here somewhere, but I, I'm just not seeing it. It just seems weird. Uh, but let's move on to uh, American Gods, 
which is a series that I, I watched a couple episodes of, but I, I, I stopped watching. I just couldn't get through season one. Uh, there's some weird stuff going on behind the scenes with season two. They've lost a showrunner and uh, problems are plaguing the production. Chris, what do we know? Yeah, this is a, a big mess. Um, so at the end of American Gods season one, the original showrunners, uh, Michael Green and Brian Fuller, were both fired by uh, the net, by stars and, and the production company. And the reason for their firing was cited as uh, budgetary. Apparently, they wanted too much money for season two. And after they were fired, uh, Jesse Alexander was brought in to be the new showrunner. But apparently, according to this very detailed, very uh, troubling report in uh, Hollywood Reporter, uh, there's been problems pretty much ever since Jesse Alexander uh, came in. And uh, what's going on here seems to be that on, on one level, Neil Gaiman, who wrote the book American Gods, was really unhappy with how Michael Green and Brian Fuller changed a lot of stuff from his book. They didn't really stay 100% true to the source material. And uh, even though I personally would have never thought this of Neil Gaiman, it, this apparently really ticked him off to the point where he wanted them gone. And so that's part of the reason they got fired. And part of the reason Jesse Alexander came in was because Gaiman thought he would do a better job sticking to the novel. The problem is the cast is very loyal to Fuller and Green, and they really hate what Jesse Alexander is doing. They don't like the direction he's taking things. Uh, they, they think the way he's he's changing the characters is a betrayal of how they were portrayed in the first season. And on top of that, uh, even though the, the show is set to premiere very soon, the season's first to premiere very soon, they haven't even finished shooting it yet the season as whole there's not even a script yet for the finale so uh everything is a mess and then on top of all that jesse alexander has apparently been fired um no one is saying the words fired but he's basically been asked to stop working on the show entirely which you know sounds like he was fired so right now uh, everything is up in the air and this whole this whole second season is uh, a serious mess chris are you still watching american gods uh, I, I finished the first season. I love the first season. And even though I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan, I actually don't like the book. So I was really happy with the changes Fuller and Green did. I actually think they made the show better than the book, but apparently Neil Gaiman didn't think so. So it didn't work out. I was actually a, a big, I'm kind of on the opposite end of Chris uh, in that I really liked the book and it was one, it's my favorite Neil Gaiman book just because he has a, a tendency to write sort of vignettes and he has a real talent for that. And I think American Gods does a good job of kind of weaving together all these smaller vignettes in this on the road story. But I have to admit that the show and the book are entirely different beasts. And while I wasn't happy with all the choices that Brian Fuller did, I did like the show and respect it for like how far out it went. And um, to try to change it back to Gaiman's vision, just like it seems very like it would clash a lot with what they were doing in the first place. It does all this news of all these problems that are plaguing this production. Like, does that make you not want to watch season two? It makes me nervous for season two, especially considering how good the cast is and how well the first season worked. Uh, despite some like stylistic choices, I was not crazy about. I don't know how I feel about it, especially because uh, the new showrunner uh, was supposedly going through some, like, 
changing it up to make it more conventional, according to the report, which Stars was not happy about, which seems very uh, opposite to what was going on with season one. Yeah, for sure. That's I think that's where it lost me. It was so unconventional. Uh, Chris, are, are you going to watch season two? I mean, I, I will definitely tr- you know, give it a try when it when it airs. But yeah, I, I feel like at this point, the show is, is a lost cause. And I, I almost wish it had just been canceled after season one. So none of this nonsense would be happening. OK, let's move on to Kevin Smith, who, uh, you know, is a filmmaker and podcaster. He's been talking recently about uh, the secret project that he's working on, a dream project. And he has now revealed that that dream project is actually not a movie, but a TV series. HT, what do we know? So a few months ago, Kevin Smith teased that he's working on a new mystery project that will reportedly be his biggest IP ever. And now he revealed on a recent episode of his podcast, Fat Man on Batman, which will soon be undergoing a title rebrand, um, he said that it's a TV series and not a movie, as many people speculated. A lot of people can... Uh, speculated that it would be a Marvel or a Star Wars movie, but it's in fact a TV show, which he did not confirm what it was. Uh, he said in the podcast, quote, I know I'm being vague. I wish I could I think, tell you. And the moment I, t- I can tell you, man, I'm going to be like, blah, um, <laughs> so on. Um, <laughs> and he says, this is a serious thing, but it's a dynamite series in a real world, weir- real weird, wonderful place. So more as I know more. So, unquote. And uh, he was vague, but it seems like he's very excited about it and that it will be uh, a TV series with a very massive IP, as he said. Hmm. This is getting me speculating because, you know, he's worked on some big th- IPs. Like, he's, you know, directed episodes of all those CW, like, DC shows, like The Flash. Um, I mean, those are pretty big IPs, right? Mm-hmm. So and he's I mean, written comics too for a bunch of big DC comics properties like Daredevil. Oh no, Daredevil's Marvel, Marvel, but yeah. Green Arrow and Batman. Yeah. So I'm wondering what this could be. I mean, the only thing that that can be bigger than DC and IP to me sounds like you know Marvel or Star Wars. Uh, do, do you guys have any uh, you know insane guesses here? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, not, I don't not know. Really. <laughs> No, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know what would be so exciting to Kevin Smith that, you know, he hasn't done because he has, you know, like you said, he's dipped his toes in Marvel in comic books. I, I really think it has to be Marvel or Star Wars. So if he's doing like a Marvel or Star Wars series for Disney streaming or, you know, Disney Channel or Disney XD, that would be that'd be pretty insane. Uh, but I don't know. Do, do you think someone like Kathleen Kennedy or... Uh, or Kevin Feige would hire Kevin Smith? I think Feige definitely would. Um, I'm not sure about Kathleen Kennedy because she seems very much on the lines of um, relying <laughs> on on reliable directors, uh, old hands. Uh, and Smith is definitely very much a geek, which I think Feige is too. I think they share that in common. So I could see it being a Marvel series. I wonder if there's like some kind of insane Marvel property that can't be done, you know, in the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that but could be done like kind of in its own offshoot TV series that would be, you know, a comedy kind of in the comedy realm that Kevin Smith uh, could kind of handle. Um, I don't know what we'll the we'll keep our eyes on this. Uh, hopefully it's not, you know, some kind of disappointing news that none of us care about. We, we all get worked up over the hype and it's, it's probably going to be some 
project, some IP that we don't even, it's going to be like, you know, another Degrassi movie or something. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to our next story, which is about Apple, it's iTunes, uh, deleting movies that subscribe, that, that, uh, people have bought on the service chris tell us about it yeah so uh i've talked about this before but i'm a i'm a big proponent of physical media and here's yet another reason why i really think everyone should stick with physical media um a twitter user pointed out that uh, a few days ago three titles he had bought three digital movie titles he had bought on itunes were just gone from his library even though he paid for them and he, you know, he contacted Apple. He said, you know, what the hell is going on here? And Apple basically summed it up by saying, you know, even though you bought these movies, you don't really own them. The distributor owns them. And if the distributor decides to pull them off of, you know, iTunes for whatever reason, you know, they're gone. They're they're out of your library forever. And there's literally nothing you can do about it because when you buy something on iTunes, you're not actually buying the movie you're you're buying a license to watch the movie basically and this is like revoking that license so and and technically when you're buying physical media you're also not buying the movie you're buying the license to watch it but you know a studio can't come into your house you're not gonna come in through your window and take the take the blu-ray at least i hope not but um (laughs) so yeah that's where it stands and you know it it sucks you know i I get it i get why a lot of people want to switch to digital media it's a lot more convenient it certainly takes up a lot less space i mean i have an upstairs room which is pretty much just overflowing with blu-rays at this point just because you know i have so much physical media and i know i get the idea of not wanting to have that but you know physical media man it's 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 a lot better than this. You're not going to have to deal with problems like this. And, you know, I also know that studios want things to switch to digital. You know, that's why when things come out on home video now, studios usually usually release them digitally weeks before the physical copy comes out, just because they want everyone to buy the digital copy because it's, it's cheaper that way. They don't have, they wouldn't have to manufacture as many physical copies. And, it sucks. You know, there's not really a, a good answer here. You know, I'm going to keep buying physical Blu-rays until they're no longer available. But uh, and then I guess I'll, I'll deal with it. Whatever <laughs> happens next. Well, when the robots take over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody listening to the podcast knows that I'm the the one person on staff. Actually, HT, you are kind of digital, right? Uh, I buy DVDs for movies that I really enjoy and that yeah. I know I will rewatch over and over again. Yeah, well, I think I'm the 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 most pro- uh, proponent of digital media and owning things digitally rather than physical. Um, so I, I would like a chance to defend <laughs> uh, the digital media here. Now, this sucks. It really does suck. This shouldn't happen. Um, it should be mentioned that this isn't just an Apple problem. This is also a problem on other digital services. So if you buy your movies on, like, Amazon, this could happen on Amazon. Um You know, it's not just isolated to Apple TV and iTunes. Um, That said, uh, there are services that don't uh, that won't do this. That when you buy something, it stays in your digital locker. It's like Voodoo. Not that I'm a fan of Voodoo, but um, and uh, also if you if you own any digital movies. You should be on MoviesAnywhere.com, which uh, links up your digital accounts. So if you have bought something on iTunes uh, and it's of 
one of the major studios that's participating in movies anywhere you your movie will be unlocked in movies anywhere and voodoo and on amazon all across the board so technically if one of these services like itunes removes the movie you'll still have the movie somewhere you might have to go searching for it uh i don't know the the other thing i wanted to say is uh I don't know, guys. I, I know this sucks, and I know the uh, you think about it like it, I, a lot of people, especially responding to your post, which was very emotional, and uh, you know, fighting for physical media. Chris, uh, we're responding to that on Twitter and on the site, being like, you know, f digital. I'm gonna stick to phys- this. Is why I'm gonna stick to physical media. And you know what? I own hundreds of movies on digital. This has never happened to me. This is not something that happens every day this is uh you know this is a a thing that's like a percentage of a hundredth of a percent or something like that 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 this could possibly happen now i understand some people out there are are, that's enough for them they're they're like you know just even the idea that something like this could happen i'm not going to invest my money in uh in digital because you know who knows apple could just decide tomorrow to remove my whole entire collection i I don't think that's going to happen i know a lot of people even book lovers were uh kind of uh, there was like a whole controversy a few years ago because amazon kindle there have been book publishers that have removed books that were on amazon kindle um from your library you don't own those books as well and there's a lot of people upset over that um so i mean this can happen anywhere with digital i'm, I'm sure it could even happen in the video game space if you own a digital video game uh but i don't know i i feel like i feel like physical media could eventually degrade chris and i i feel like i've lost a lot of movies by lending them out to friends. No, that's probably a bad example. I'm just, uh, I'm just, I, I, I picture one day, you know, nuclear war is going to break out, and somehow I'll survive with all my <laughs> my Blu-rays, and then my glasses will fall off like that Twilight Zone episode, and I won't be able to watch them. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I still have Blu-rays. It's not like I've gotten rid of my entire physical media collection, but. I, I don't know. I don't think this is like as big of a problem as I think people are making it out to be. And also, um, it should be mentioned that uh, in response to our story, one of our readers, Dan Von Carr, uh, responded on Twitter, uh, quote, this happened to me a few months ago, same email, same free rentals. And then a few days later, my movie showed up again. Turns out they were getting 4K upgrades. So... Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, this particular case might be outrage over nothing, but maybe maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe the, the studio is replacing their copies with a new 4K scan of these movies like they're, they're... <sighs> I, I know I'm, I'm fighting the, I'm playing devil's advocate here. But like you also have to look on the, the bright side of this, Chris, like I, maybe you'll you lose one title out of your, you know, 500 title library but how many of those titles are upgraded for free to 4k yeah i mean that's not something that can happen with physical media right i yeah that that is a good point i'll give you that but i don't know i'm just i i just i have a really hard time letting it go i was even one of those weirdos when dvd started getting popular i was so 
angry because I had so many VHS tapes and I was like, I'm never giving up VHS. And of course <laughs> I did. So, you know, you never, you never, never say never. I, I was one of those assholes that had like a huge VHS collection that was like the widescreen version VHS, which cost like double the money at like Best oh, Buy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like those like, you know, and uh, what, what, Titanic on a two VHS, you had to like, you know, stop it midway and put the second uh, tape in. I still have that copy. Oh, you still have that copy? I, yeah, somewhere lying around. <laughs> uh, HT, does the news that, you know, studios could pull the digital copies from your digital library, does that make you less likely to uh, invest in digital movies? Yeah, it bums me out. And I probably would not invest as much in digital movies or at least try to find an alternative where I would be able to keep them. Because uh, Apple said that they were just their storefront. Is there any other like, service that is not does not follow the same uh, sort of ramifications as that? Like, well, are there well, other so, supposedly Voodoo doesn't. Okay. Voodoo suppo- and also it should be mentioned that um, – if you own a movie on iTunes, you can download the movie, mm. and I don't believe they can delete that file from your computer. So I think this only affects people that are trying to stream the movie from Apple servers. That's, mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mostly on uh, streaming services like that or digital services. I usually just rent uh, movies, but if I want to keep them, then I probably would download it just for for safekeeping. Then maybe burn it into a, onto a DVD. I don't know. You can do that anymore. <laughs> Computers don't even have a little like yeah. CD outlets anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't even have a disc drive in my MacBook Pro. Uh, no, and you know what? It should also be mentioned. Like I, I feel like I've. I don't even have that huge of a digital library. I used to have, at my peak, I think I had like three thousand DVDs, and right now on my Apple TV, I think I probably have a, a couple hundred movies maybe a few hundred movies like really not that many and because i think i do what you do ht i like it's just so cheap to rent usually it's what like three to five dollars to rent three to six dollars to rent a movie and to buy it yeah to buy it digitally it's still like 15 20 bucks usually um i have talked about in the past the only reason i own a lot of movies is because i had a lot of digital copies that came with my physical media and uh, if you look online, if you look on eBay, if you look on there's services online where you can buy digital movie codes, you can often buy those digital movie codes for like a dollar or two more than it costs to rent the movie on iTunes or Apple TV. So uh, I have for a while now just been buying those just because I'm willing to pay a dollar or two more. But I'm not sure if I'm going to unless it's a movie I love. I don't think I'm going to watch it, you know, the four or five times required for me to make my money back if I buy it. Um, that said, uh, buying it's the only way you can get those special features, which is something I love, which I'm missing a lot of. Um, but uh, I guess that's not stopping a lot of people out there, right? Like a lot of people I think are probably going towards just renting, which is, this doesn't affect renters, right? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, if anybody has any thoughts on that that are listening, uh, send your thoughts to peter at slashfilm.com. Maybe we will read some emails in a future mailbag uh, episode. But uh, Chris, do you have any last thoughts on the issue? Because I didn't want to make it a whole defense, but I felt like I had to defend my love for digital media. 
I, I think you made some very good points. I just, I don't know. I, I, I will. And, you know, while I acknowledge that one day I do think a lot of studios are going to do away with their, their physical copies. I do think there's always going to be boutique labels like, you know, shout factory and criterion putting out physical. Copies. It'll, it'll basically be like what vinyl is now where vinyl used to be the, the standard. And now it's, it's like a, a niche collector's item. And I do think eventually, you know, physical media for Blu-rays will turn into that. And, I'm not looking forward to it, so we'll see what happens. Mondo will be putting out all the uh, Blu-rays of the future in uh, collectible uh, artwork. They'll cost fifty dollars cool. a piece, probably. That—that <laughs> that is our future. Let's move on to our last and final story, and that is that someone is demanding South Park's cancellation, and that person actually is South Park. H.C., tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, South Park, the long-running animated comedy that has been on Comedy Central since 1997, is teasing its own cancellation. Uh, the new trailer for season two, so season 22 of the South Park uh, show basically teased a possible cancellation. And if you check out the South, South Park Twitter, um, there is a hashtag with almost all of their recent tweets saying cancel South Park. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, the creators for the series, have been teasing this uh, at the end of the series since 2011 uh, in one episode, which they uh, kind of referenced the end of the show or at least being fed up with their own show. And uh, it seems like this could possibly be the end. Now, I know no one on this podcast is, still watches South Park, so we're probably th the worst sample for this. I, I know I um, I was a big fan of this show early on. I, I, ha I was one of those people that had that, like, Spirit of Christmas episode on VHS that I bought uh, from some comic convention or something before South Park even was on the air. Um, and, uh, you know, I watched those first few seasons. I, I think everybody was kind of caught up in those first few seasons. But... Uh, somewhere along the line it kind of got away from me kind of like the simpsons has like you know it's it's, it's been so many years and i i don't you know i've seen some things i've seen like the member berries and stuff so i, I don't know I'm, I'm just wondering is south park even that big of a part of the pop culture landscape today i i, I do know a lot of people reference the member member berries so uh chris do you have any thoughts uh, you know, I, I don't want to besmirch the show because I know there are people who are are still fans of it, but I, I'm of the mindset that literally no show should run for more <laughs> than 20 years. That's just insane. Uh, every, you know, even shows I, I love with all my heart, I don't want them to run that long because there's only so many stories you can tell. I mean, I used to, I was a huge Simpsons fan, you know, and, you know, I'm still, I'm one of those people who can quote, almost every line from the Simpsons for its first like uh, eight or nine seasons. And, but after that, you know, the show got really bad and it's still on to this day and it really should not be. It's, it's, I think it's, you know, people have a hard time letting things go and it's okay. Sometimes things should end and there's nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, let it, let it sail off into the sunset. HG, do you have any thoughts on this? I know that you're not, you haven't really ever watched South Park. No. Um, I do think it's still part of the landscape today. I have plenty of friends who do reference and talk about South Park frequently, but I don't think it's quite the behemoth it used to be. 
Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if this season, season 22, will be the end of South Park. Uh, I mean, it seems like they're kind of uh, setting it up as such, but uh, you never know. Even if it was the end, I like we live in a world that there's a Roseanne, you know, TV series on television that Will and Grace is still on. And, you know, like all these like Fuller House, uh, you know, even if this were to come to an end, like. I imagine that it would come back from the dead, you know, five, ten years from now. You know, if there's money to be made, <laughs> uh, you know, they'll they'll find a way. Um, but it, but it is interesting, especially with these animated series where where it's you know not as uh, tied to actors, and you know, especially when the filmmakers themselves provide a lot of the voices. For the show like you can, you can kind of keep on going for as long as they want if if there's a market for it but it's just i i guess uh time for trey parker and matt stone to reevaluate like you know it, what is south park doing for society today and like is it uh you know are, are do they feel like their best work is coming out right now or is it uh you know uh you know something that has uh kind of suffered from that you know 22 year uh timeline but uh yeah anyways that does it for today's slash film daily chris where can people find more of your work online uh i'm at slash film.com and i'm on twitter at c evangelista 413 hd where can we find you i'm every day at slash film.com and i'm on twitter at htranbuoy and you can find me at Slash Home on all social media. You can find all the stories we talked about today on SlashHome.com uh, and linked in the show notes. Slash Home Daily is published every weekday uh, on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Uh, as always, send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to Peter at SlashHome.com. Uh, we are going to be doing a mailbag episode uh, either tomorrow or next week. Uh, with all mailbag questions. So if you have a question for us, if like if, if you want to know what our favorite comedy of all time is, the worst movie we've ever seen, you, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing ideas out there. Uh, send your questions to us at peter at slash film dot com. And uh, it'll surely probably make maybe make it on the air <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah. So uh, please go rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow. Cool, guys. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, uh, and I will talk to you online. All right. Bye. Oh, my Bye. God. Aaron Paul's joining Westworld? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs>